This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of the show. On the show today, Jeff Brown, and I can't see his whole name. Jesse, what is your whole name? Jesse Wisniewski. Okay. Oh, Wisniewski. You're a, no, a fellow, fellow Polak. Uh, can I say Polak? Is that politically correct? I guess because I'm Polish, I can say that. I hope it didn't offend you or anybody else. No, not me. So I guess it's okay to say it with us. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, I'm excited to have, especially Jeff on the show, nothing against Jesse, but I remember I was listening to a lot of podcasts way back in the day, and Jeff Brown's got the uh, Read to Lead podcast, and of course, he loves to read. And when I was listening to a show many years ago, I didn't like reading. And now, about, about two years ago, I realized, or three years ago, that that people who read a lot tend to do much better in life than people who don't. So now I'm an avid reader and I get really cranky if I can't read an hour a day. So Jeff and Jesse, welcome to the show. Thanks. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> so let's start with Jeff. Jeff, you've been around a while. I don't mean an age. I mean, you've been a podcaster for a while. You, <laughs> you've spoken in lots of different organizations and whatnot. What is the passion for you teaching leaders the power of a reading culture? Yeah, to me, it, it stems from first my personal experience and in, in seeing the impact of taking on con, a consistent and intentional reading habit and the, and the change it made in my career at the time and then continues to make in my life today. It wasn't, I could argue, until I became a habitual reader that I began to see uh, opportunities come my way that I believe would not have ever had the chance to come my way had it not been for the reading that I was doing and not just reading. It starts there. Uh, when they say knowledge is power, that's not the entire equation. I think knowledge put into action is power. Yeah. So once you read, you've got to actually start doing something with what you've learned because if it just stays in your head, it's not doing you or anybody else any good. And so as I began to execute on what I was learning and experimenting on what, with what I was learning, uh, taking action, etc., I began having opportunities come my way. Because as I did that, you know, I, I tried some things that didn't work, uh, that failed through what I was experimenting and reading. And those things were quickly forgotten oftentimes is the funny thing. But the things that I tried that worked often got me noticed. And that's when those new opportunities uh, began to come my way. And again, I attribute that to, 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 to the reading that I was doing pretty voraciously at that time. And there is no greater investment than spending 20, 25 hours for a book because you're actually listening to the author, whether it's an audio book or you're reading it, you're listening to their information and if they sat down, like if you sat down and read your book to someone, you wouldn't charge them twenty five or whatever uh, twenty five dollars. How many? How much the book costs? And it's an incredible investment. And I encourage people if you want to get ahead, you need to read. So Jesse, what are your thoughts on reading? Because obviously you co wrote the book with uh, Jeff, and obviously you're an avid reader. I can see behind you, unless that's a green screen behind you, that's a bunch of books on the shelf. No green screen. Those are real books. <laughs> so no, similar to Jeff's story, uh, reading has literally transformed my life for the better. Uh, grew up in a stereotypical West Virginia family, coal miner dad, stay-at-home mom. Education was something not emphasized. Struggled in English in high school, took remedial English in college, uh, got into grad school, but I had to take a remedial writing course because I scored high enough on my GRE to get in, but I scored low enough on the writing portion of the exam that I needed to actually go through some uh, remedial training there. But uh, so the first book I bought was in my early 20s. And from that point, I started reading a lot more. And similar to Jeff's experience, uh, I just discovered that over the years that 
Reading transformed my life for the better, helped me solve uh, problems, helped me to overcome new challenges. Uh, just even as a current example, serve as the director of marketing for a company called PhoneBurner. We're working on a new marketing campaign uh, for next year. And before getting ready to develop the strategy and the tactics and all of that, I'm going to read through 10 or 12 books to help me start getting my you know thought process around it, to think through what could or should not be in that plan. Uh, and that's just something I've been able to do over the years as well. But so for me, uh, you know, I, I didn't start the podcast like Jeff, but uh, having a personal experience and observing and seeing the transformative effects of reading for other people, I wanted to be able to share that uh, experience and the tips and tricks learned along the way as well to help people also have similar experiences from reading books. Excellent. So I aim to read at least 60 minutes a day. Jeff, how much do you like to aim for reading every day? Uh, it's generally around that. There's uh, always a half hour at least set aside in the morning. And most days of the week, I've got another 30 minutes or so set aside uh, throughout uh, sometime in the day. Uh, but I schedule my reading. I, I love to read and I, I do do it a lot of times you know, without prodding. But I find that when I schedule it, it it's more likely to be protected. Uh, someone might come along and ask for my time. And if I haven't scheduled my reading, it's real easy to look at that time and go, oh, it's available. I can do this or that. But if I schedule my reading time and somebody asks for my time during that same period, I can look at that and go, oh, maybe that's an appointment I want to keep. I can go back to that person and say, you know, I've got an appointment during that time. I can't meet with you. Can we meet some other time? We often default to yes when I think we should default to no. We, we, we say yes, and then if we say no, we feel like we have to defend that no to the other person when I'd rather see us uh, default to no. And if we're going to say yes, let's defend yes to ourselves. Let's let's control our schedule because if we don't, somebody else will. And, and that's, to me, at the core of making time to do anything in life you want to accomplish. And when people tell me they don't have time to read, I don't buy it. I don't know of another person other than myself until now that schedules time to read. I do as well. And it ranks up there with a coaching client. I'm not moving it. That's it's that important. Jesse, how about you? How often do you like to target yeah. to read every day? Yeah, I like to target, you know, 40 minutes a day, you know, 20 minutes during the morning hours, uh, 20 minutes during the, the evening as well. Uh, similar to Jeff and yourself, I like to schedule the time or at least put it down on my priority list to make sure that I'm getting to it and getting it done. Uh, so I definitely put it on my to do today uh, or you know, throughout the week as well. And then for me, it just fluctuates. Uh, there are times that I'll, I'll read more than that. Uh, you know, For instance, getting ready to write a book. There were many books uh, on the shelf even behind me that read through to kind of think through what shouldn't be included. And there are times when I don't have an opportunity to read as much. You know, for instance, my family and I just moved. Uh, we have five kids. So there's different activities and things going on. So there are times that I may not be able to get as much time in. But at least at the end of the day, I'm trying to get 40 minutes in, uh, maybe even 20 at, you know, at a minimum uh, just to stay sharp. And then on the weekends without, you know, having logistics with kids at school or activities and, you know, there's more free time than I'll try to, to score some more time at that. But uh, similar, like from scheduling it to even scheduling the books I want to read in a specific month or perhaps a quarter, or maybe going back to the example I was sharing earlier, like I want to read 10 specific books on the topic. So I'll schedule those in the calendar to make sure that I'm working toward those because there's so many different books to read. I want to make sure, at least for certain areas, like I'm reading specific books to help me move toward a goal that I'm pursuing. Interesting. 
Jeff, I have to ask these questions to you guys. I hope you forgive me. Besides your current book coming out, we'll talk about in a few minutes, and the Bible, what is your favorite book? If you can only pick one book, what book would you say is your favorite? That's like asking me to pick my favorite child. Luckily, I don't have any children, so this is not hard for me to do. Um, (laughs) I would say my all-time favorite book is probably Purple Cow by Seth Godin, uh, if, if for no other reason than because... That was a book presented to me uh, sort of serendipitously at the right time when I was ready for it. You know, they, they say when the, when the student is ready, the master will appear. Mm. That was a book that reignited my love for reading as an adult, something that had been educated out of me as, as a young person in school. School taught me not to like learning. Mm. And I didn't do any of that for most of my 20s. And so a, 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 a mentor at the time, a Matt is his name, uh, happened to present that book to me. I was looking uh, to learn more about marketing at the time, and he thought that would be a good place to start. And I loved that book, and I didn't even embarrassingly know that there were books out there like that that I could enjoy at, at age thirty, whatever I was. It, to me, it was all fiction and kids' books, and you know, classic literature, and that was it. And and, and he introduced me to this new genre, new to me genre that I wasn't aware of. And so I, I've been a, a voracious reader ever since. And that was about 20 years ago. Jesse, how about you? What What is the book that you would you, you just read over and over again and you just love it? Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Well, you took one of my options away with uh, the Bible, so now I'm scrambling mentally to find <laughs> what that other that other text is that I read over and over. Uh, so I tend not to actually reread books that often. I know that's a habit with uh, with some people uh, that you have shared over the years, and and I think there's merit in going back. I'll go back to books and stuff, but I don't have particular ones I'm rereading. But uh, one of the books I think that is been most beneficial for me uh, was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. The reason I'm bringing that up is that was one of the first books I read as a young 20-something that helped me just start thinking through you know, principles of beginning with the end in mind or sharpening the saw or you know, really focusing on you know if I wanted to become a better leader, I need to be able to better lead myself. Um, and so it just helped me on that path of thinking through that, which was also even the path of a uh, you know, learning like, oh, reading books is a part of this and for me to develop myself as an individual. But that is one a book that I read and then re-listened to the actual audiobook multiple times years ago. It, it'd be beneficial to go back through it again after not having visited in some time. But I would say that was one when I read it, similar to Jeff's experience, it was just the timing of it for me it was beneficial. And it just started kind of helping me more kind of solidify that self-discipline and working on myself and all that. So I have reread books twice, but there's only one book outside the Bible I've read multiple times. I've listened to the audio three times and I'm reading the book for the second time. It's uh, Grant Cardone's The 10X Rule. I love the fact that the 10X Rule is you got to do 10X the efforts if you want 10X results. And so I'm a real Mm. big fan of that book. And before we get too deep on, because I really want to talk about your book that comes out on Tuesday. I'm really stoked about that. If you could only choose one format, would you read, we'll start with Jeff here. Would you read a print book, an ebook, or an audio book? Obviously, you wouldn't read an audio book. You'd listen to it. But if you could only pick one, what would be your preference, Jeff? 
Well, I think uh, I definitely have a preference there. Um, and I, I want to start by saying um, either one of those, any one of those three is better than not reading at all. Yes. So let me just put that out there. Um, I want to read a physical book. I think just like there are studies and research shows that there's something special that happens in your brain when you take notes by hand versus typing them on a computer keyboard, there's something special that happens in your brain when you read a physical book versus an ebook or an audiobook. Not that they're not valuable, uh, but I think you're going to likely retain more and comprehend more quickly what you're reading when it's in your hands. There's something spatially too that happens with with a physical book. There's a left-hand page and a right-hand page and you know with an ebook and obviously an audiobook that that that's not a part of the equation and and then the way the brain remembers the information is you picture in your mind where that was in the book, which side of the page was it on? Was it the top third, the middle third, the bottom third? And all those things disappear with those other formats. I actually cannot stand. I I, I have a Kindle that I didn't get until two or three years ago at the insistence of my wife <laughs> that we were just busting at the seams with books. And I don't have as many as Jesse does. But I, I broke down and got one, and I hate using it. I hardly ever use it. It just sits there. Uh, you know, collecting dust because that format to me is just so foreign. I mean, it works for some people. Maybe it's great for reading novels. For nonfiction, I absolutely hate it. So it's the physical book for me and audiobooks if I'm on the road and I want to catch up with some reading on a flight, what have you. Uh, but, but definitely physical books is the preference. Jesse? Yeah, I'm the same with Jeff. Physical books, hands down. I, I share this in the book as well. And to, you know, an agreement with what Jeff shared. And then just add to what he talked about for at least the way I like to read and the way I like to take, uh, to mark how I'm reading and then to be able to go back through and take notes. I've just found physical books. The format is just the best, you know, vehicle for me to be able to read like the way I like to read and, and learn and stuff. Uh, but now there are times, you know, where I was commuting, where I wasn't working remotely and, well, audiobooks were just a very helpful thing to be able to turn my uh, car. Was it Zig Ziglar, Jeff? I think it said something turning your car into like a mobile library or, you know, driving like so to be able to listen to books to and from work was uh, super beneficial. But in general, though, overall, would still find that reading physical books, hands down, are the best avenue. I agree with you. We're three for three on this because. I, I listen to audiobooks and I'm doing my daily run because I'm a daily runner, but I like the physical book. And here in Houston, when it's sunny outside, I can go outside with my print book and I could sit there and soak up the rays of the sun with my dog and I can just read the book. And I love that. And matter of fact, it's gotten a lot of my guests will send me copies of their book and I, they say, oh, I'll send you my ebook. I said, don't bother. I'm not going to read it because for the uh, the very reasons Jeff said, I'm not going to read an ebook. I don't like it. I like the the tactile books. Okay, mm -hmm. now here's a very interesting question: How many books do you read at the same time? I don't mean literally. I mean, do you have like a, a before bed book, and then you have a during the day book, or do you just read one book at a time? Let's, Jesse, why don't you uh, go this time? We'll go with you first. Yeah, sure. No, I typically have two types. I'm. Well, I guess for starters, I'm normally reading through multiple books at one time. Uh, right now on my desk to the left of me, I have uh, six or seven titles here wow. that I'm working through. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, and this kind of that's I can dig into some of that. But typically during the daytime when I'm reading, I'm reading nonfiction. I have a you know, I have a specific time I'm reading for 20 minutes and I have a goal of learning something from it. And so I'm sitting down. I have my pen in one hand, the book in the other, and I'm reading through it. 
uh, with some of the tips we talk about in the book in terms of speed reading. So I'm really kind of, you know, blowing through some material in that way. But in the evening time when I'm winding down and going to bed, then no, I prefer to read fiction at night. Uh, so for me, uh, it's just a way for me to just, it's entertaining. Uh, it's just a way to kind of relax, to get ready to go to, to sleep in the evening. You know, the television screens are off. Kids are hopefully in bed. Uh, and it's just enabled uh, to do that. Whereas it was interesting. I had lunch with a friend earlier this week who mentioned that he cannot read fiction at the evening time because it stirs him up. Like he gets excited and there's action and there's all romance and all these things going on. But for me, I'm just, I just, I fall asleep after I start reading. <laughs> so I just want a fiction book that I can just be entertained by, whereas nonfiction during the daytime. And with the nonfiction in particular, I'm working through a lot. Whereas the fiction book in the evening tends to just be one I'm reading through from beginning to end. Jeff? Yeah, for me, I've generally got four or five, not quite as many as, as Jesse. There's always one I'm reading for this show. I interview an author each, usually each Friday uh, for the podcast, for the Read to Lead podcast. So I've got that one going. And then I've generally got two or three others that I'm reading much more slowly over the course of a month or maybe two months that are just topics that interest me. I'm often reading a biography. Uh, recently, I've gone through a Theodore Geisel, a Dr. Seuss biography. I'm currently working through a George Lucas biography. And in the queue, there's a Jim Henson biography. Mm. I'm right now reading a book called uh, Do You Talk Funny, which is about interjecting humor into your public uh, talks. I've read probably 25 or 30 public speaking-related books over the years. And I'm also reading a book called uh, How to Take Smart Notes by Sunka Ahrens, I think is how you pronounce the name. Um, and, uh, that's a book, um, I'm learning a lot about, and I wish I would have read before we wrote this book, frankly, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of good information in there about how to take, uh, how to take better notes. I'm learning about things like the Zettelkasten method and things of that nature, which we don't need to get into, but very, very informative books. I've always got three or four of those going in addition to the book I'm reading for the show. I was given a suggestion a number of years ago that you should try to read books every once in a while outside your comfort zone. So right now I'm reading Walter Isaacson's The Code Creators or something about genetics and code editing and stuff like the code breaker. That's what it's called. And I normally wouldn't have picked this book up. And I said, well, let me pick this book up. It is so fascinating. Number one, because I know nothing about this, you know, gene editing or anything like that. And it's just really fascinating. Do you gentlemen like to read books that are outside your 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 scope of knowledge to learn new things, Jeff? I do. It's it's not a, a kind of book I get to read very often. Uh, the most recent one I can think of was one recommended by Ray Edwards, uh, and it was called Becoming Supernatural, How Common People Are Doing the Uncommon by Dr. Joe Dispenza. It's a really way out there book, and and challenged me on some things spiritually. I'm not sure it, it, it won me over in the end, but uh, definitely took me outside my, my comfort zone. Again, it's not often I read a book like that, but I agree. I think it's, I think it's beneficial to, to, to get outside your own head occasionally and, and allow yourself to be challenged and, and be willing to read some books for just how they affect and impact your thinking. There doesn't always have to be a to-do list when you read, say, nonfiction. Uh, you know, when you get done, you can just read a book for how it impacts your thinking for sure. Absolutely. Jesse, how about you? Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't just read one, a, a title outside of a comfort zone just for the sake of perhaps reading it. Uh, for me, a lot of times it'll revolve around research. Uh, for instance, we talk a lot about in the book, building your own curriculum, which I've kind of hinted at a couple of times here. So I'm build a curriculum to learn something new or to help prepare me for 
a new challenge or something. And so when when that's the case, yeah, uh, you know, there are things you'll read that will just affirm similar beliefs or thoughts you have about whatever you're reading. But then also looking at the same topic from someone else's perspective with a different angle uh, can be helpful and beneficial. You know, it stretches you, helps you see it from, you know, someone else's perspective and which can then help bring, you know, shed some more light on what you're doing, uh, especially when it comes to some research or perhaps even what Jeff was sharing with a recent book he was reading there to maybe give you just a different angle or thought process on here's somebody perhaps from a different you know, background or religious affiliation is seeing something. And so, uh, yeah, so like, yes and no. And it just depends. Like, again, I just don't do it just for the sake of it, but uh, I'll do it when I'm working on a particular or thinking through a particular topic or subject. And I like to attack it from different angles. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. So Tuesday, and if you're listening to this after the August 31st, we're talking about August 31st, you guys got a brand new book coming out. It's called Read to Lead. So Jeff, why don't you tell us about what the book is about and what made you want to write this book? Now, the book is to help people who aren't convinced yet that they should develop this as a habit to uh, maybe give us a chance to change their minds. So, so that's one group of people it's for. Uh, and then the book goes on, that's section one. Part two uh, goes into, uh, well, what what should you read based on where you're at in your career and where you're at in your life? What are the kinds of books that you need to be looking out for and how can you identify those books? In the last section, even if you're already convinced that this is a habit you need uh, to cultivate, uh, maybe you would like to get more from what you read, get more out of what you read, read more in less time, uh, do better at taking action on what you read or increasing the likelihood of retention and comprehension and those sorts of things. That's what we get into in part three. So regardless of which one of those camps you're in, I think you'll find something for you uh, in the book, Read to Lead. Excellent. Jesse, what do you want to share with us about the book? Yeah, I mean, similar to Jeff, you know, reading is transformative. And to just point, you know, from a non-reader who is uncertain whether or not he or she should read books or read more books to someone who is an avid reader and they just maybe are looking for some tips or tricks to help perhaps accelerate the reading speed or to retain more of what they're reading or to how to kind of do what we're talking about, creating curriculums and, you know, learning new skills and stuff. Uh, so, you know, reading is transformative. And I think the big take, one of the big takeaways, at least on the top of my mind is, you know, surveys are showing, for instance, that uh, skills people feel are becoming obsolete very quickly. There was a survey done where uh, in certain vocations, you know, software engineers, attorneys and several others were saying like, hey, every 12 or 18 months, I feel like I need to redevelop my skills. And this is all just coming to, you know, there's more of a precedent today uh, than yesterday to becoming a lifelong learner. Uh, to be someone who is staying sharp and staying ahead of the curve. Um, and there's a lot of ways we can do that from obtaining, you know, going to college, you know, graduate courses, uh, certificates, online courses, all these things. But we believe that reading books is arguably the most effective, efficient and costly or cost effective way to actually learn new skills or to redevelop your skills uh, because they will literally transform you and they can be a big catalyst in just improving yourself or helping you, you know, become a better person or uh, spouse or parent and so on and so forth. But just really want to encourage to uh, get more noses in physical books and, you know, eyes on digital books and ears in audio books as well. 
Uh, and so that was just a big precedent there of like, you know, books can transform you. And we would love to see more people having that similar experience as well. Jeff, is there anything that you want to share with us before we wrap up that's either from the book or something about your love for reading that uh, that the entrepreneur audience of my show would find valuable? No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, for a lot of people, and, and if the stats are to be believed, and Jesse uh, has talked some about this, if the stats are to be believed, most people do not read to the levels we're talking about. Maybe uh, members of your audience are the exception. But even if they are, they know people who don't read much at all. And there's two reasons predominantly for that. And they have to do with our comfort zone. Uh, people don't want to learn because learning requires acknowledging briefly that we don't know something and we're taught to avoid that feeling. Uh, and it's easier to just not learn and get back to doing whatever we were doing. Uh, and the other thing is people don't want to change their minds. If a book is going to help you get somewhere you're unable to get to on your own, then you're going to have to be willing to change your mind about something. And again, both of those things make us quite uncomfortable. And, and my point is, is that life isn't worth living unless it's outside your comfort zone. Um, you don't want to get to the end of your life and have regret for all the things you wished you'd done that you never did. In Bronnie Ware's uh, memoir, The Five Regrets of the Dying, that's regret number one. Essentially, you know, I lived a life everybody else wanted me to live instead of living a life mm. true to myself. Living a life true to yourself means living it in discomfort and doing the things that challenge you and push you. And maybe for you, reading is is one of those things. Reading, you know, prompts you to uh, have to apply self-discipline and stretch and grow and all of those things. And that's painful. We don't like doing that. But guess what? When you avoid that pain today, you get another pain later. That pain is called regret. Mm. And so I'd, I'd rather have the pain of self-discipline that comes with sacrifice and growth today so that later I can avoid the pain of regret. I love how Steve Harvey puts it. He says, you'll never be successful until you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is essentially what you just said, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. He said it much more succinctly than me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, how about you? What would you like to share with us either from the book or about your love for reading? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's hard to follow Jeff there on that because it's just the way he said it was so poetic and, and well said. Uh, I was just soaking it up. I wanted to take notes while you were speaking, Jeff. The uh, And I think just to really to add uh, to what Jeff was saying there about the, the discipline of reading and uh, stepping outside of our comfort zone, you know, the books we even read, especially, you know, for the entrepreneur listening or in an employer or whomever, that not only the act of reading, but the books you read themselves will take you outside of your comfort zone. They'll expose you to new ideas. They will perhaps give you a different perspective uh, on what you're working on, or they will help sharpen something, or they'll help answer a question, or uh, it might be the catalyst. It might just even be a sentence of a book you read that is the spark that helps you overcome a challenge or a hurdle or whatever it is, obstacle in your way as you you know scale your work and, and business. And so just the the act of reading itself. But, uh, you know, if you if you haven't been reading books that often, you know, just start today with read a page. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be even a chapter. I mean, even start with a paragraph, you know, just to get started on a book and don't even worry too much about whatever you're reading. Just, you know, start with it and then just see how the day takes you and then build on that the next step tomorrow and the next day and so on and so forth. 
Charlie Tremendous Jones, I love what he said. He said, in five years, you'll be the same person you are today, except for the books you read and the people you meet. So meet a lot of cool people like Jeff and Jesse and read a lot of books, and you'll be far different than you are today. Jeff and Jesse, I want to thank you for being on the show. Your book comes out on Tuesday, August 31st. I'm sure you can buy it wherever books are sold, correct? Uh, yeah, and we recommend uh, Read to Lead Book. Uh, dot com. And the reason for that is because you can pre-order it uh, through our publisher by going to readleadbook.com for 40% off through Monday. And so that ends on Monday. There's a number of bonuses that comes with that as well, several hundred dollars worth. So if you're hearing this and it's before August 31st, you can get 40% off and get all those bonuses. I assure you, as will Jesse, that the book is worth full price after August 31st, every penny. <laughs> so if you're hearing this then, uh, don't hesitate. But if you want to kick the tires, you can download the introduction in the first chapter for free at readtoleadbook.com. Well, I'll also tell you, the listener, that you, this got released on Saturday, August 28th. So you got the 28th, the 29th, the 30th to get those bonuses. Okay. So, but if you like download podcasts, like we all done and you listen two weeks later, well, you missed out on the bonuses. But if you're listening to it, when it comes out and as Jeff knows, cause he's a podcaster, most people listen to a show in the first 24, 40, 48 or 72 hours. So if you do that, you're good at the go on the, uh, the bonuses, Jesse, you final word. Uh, no final words other than, you know, readtoleadbook.com. And like Jeff said, even if you do find it, uh, download the podcast after the 31st. Definitely, we think the, it's chock full of value and uh, walk away with, you know, new tips on accelerating reading, retaining more, and just even the benefits of reading itself. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you both for being on the show today. Hopefully we got some people who love to read, but haven't read in a while say, huh, I should start reading again. And maybe people who don't read it all go, you know what? I'm going to go pick up the read the lead book and I'm going to learn how to be a better reader because you definitely will benefit from reading. I've never read a book and go, that was a waste of my time. So thank you gentlemen for both being on the show. <laughs> Thanks. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.